Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we want to thank you all for tuning into our podcast, The Sports Plebes. I'm Nate Dar, joined as always by my co-host Joe Timler. Missing our producer, Matt Arnold, still. Hopefully he'll be back uh, after a busy couple weeks uh, flying planes all over the country. Uh, we go over week three in college football today. ND finally gets a quality win, it feels like. Uh, touch on week two in the NFL, our overreactions to that, as well as our thoughts on the upcoming games. Wrap things up, as always, with our social media story. Joe's bets of the week. Mr. Timler, how are you this evening? Well, Nate, short and sweet on that intro. I like it. I like it. There's there's so much football to cover. It's hard to, to look past that. Uh, yeah, no, it's been a good week for me. I busted out the smoker again. This time we did a five-pound pork tenderloin. But like you said, I put the thermometer in. I put a little rub on, a mustard coating to kind of get it to stick there. It really only took like three hours. And I'm pretty sure it turned out delicious. My one caveat being that I'm recovering from cold quotation marks and I can't taste super well. But I think it was good. And I, everyone else said it was good. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty positive about that smoker experience. Other than that, there was a ton of soccer games. Uh, tried to ca- I, I missed it some of the NFL because of it, but I caught up pretty quickly after that. It was a fun day at college, fun day in the NFL. Weather's getting nice, 75 degrees here. I mean, fall is starting to be in the air. Football is in full swing. It's probably my favorite time of the year. How are you doing? Oh, I'm good, brother. No, it's great, man. This is, it's, you know, there's a hint of fall in the air. The leaves are turning. We got our first kind of chilly, rainy Indiana day today, you know. Oh, I heard about it. I heard about it. Yeah. No, Peter was crying on the thread for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but no, man, it's great. I love it. Um, with the smoker, I would say just a quick tip, like uh, what did we have today? This is like Alicia and there's favorite. Oh, you do you know what non bread is? Like it's yeah, like the, the Indian stuff. Yeah, exactly. yeah. It's like so you get that. Just get a little olive oil, some pizza seasoning, and then just like literally make yourself little pizzas. And it, like you can do it at like three fifty and just nuke these pizzas and like melt. We just do pepperoni cheese. You can cut up tomatoes, whatever you like on your pizzas. Okay. And you can make basically make like a little mini pizza with the non bread in like 15 minutes at 350 or something like that. So yeah, just I don't know. I've been doing a lot of the quick stuff. Okay. I like when I get home from work, but that's like Alicia and Aria. Like it's their favorite thing. One of their favorite things that I do on it. It's not like you know, yeah, something like obviously if you have two or three or four hours, I would be like, yeah, go get a nice big piece of meat and smoke it. But um. It's great for just the little quick hits too. So yeah, man, it's a lot of fun. You're gonna really enjoy it, I think. Oh. Get a lot. It's got a lot of versatility, that's for sure. I feel um, so fancy, even though I'm not doing very much work. I feel fancy, right? Like I'm, I'm smoking this, and it's like, well, you're not really doing anything, but it's awesome. It tastes really good too. It's great, and you can hide out in the garage. You know, tell you, like the wife doesn't know. She just assumes that you're out there working hard. When really, it's it's amazing. You can't physically can't <laughs> burn the meat most of the time. So, um, yeah, man, get yourself a cigar out there and just you know chill that's that's what i've been doing i <laughs> got it set up in the garage so it's nice um yeah uh other than that nothing really mackenzie's teething and she's been a little oh, no. sick fussy, so that's that's been up and down but we're, we're fighting through we'll carry on you know um do you want to jump right into it though we can kind of start with uh college football and notre dame um i was at a wedding but oh, no. Thankfully, there was a little TV by the bar, so I think I texted you guys on the thread over under 12 and a half annoyed wives at this wedding. (laughs) Was the Uh, wedding in South Bend or in the area? It was in South Bend, yeah. I was surprised that they had the game on, honestly. Um, But then there was a couple kids that were hanging out that were clearly like family um, with maybe the bride or the groom. And so after the game, it was great. I had full control over the TV by by like the end of the Notre Dame game. And I got them to flip over to Bama, Florida and watched a full game. My wife was thrilled about that, obviously. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, so I, I mean, I didn't, so I guess that was the thing, you know, obviously the wedding, the reception and everything, I didn't get to see a ton, you know, final score, Notre Dame covered for the first time this year makes me think that like, you know, it was a quality win and uh, Matt wasn't talking a bunch of crap. So that makes me, he was big. quiet. He was <laughs> awfully quiet. Yeah. But give me give me your thoughts, I guess, because I, you know, I, I've watched, you know, replays and gone over the highlights and everything like that. And it, it felt like, you know, they did what they were supposed to do. And that's the first time in three weeks we can say that. So that's a good feeling, right? Exactly. Yeah, it, it felt like a good game, given our sh- kind of shifted expectations after the first two weeks, if that makes sense. Like, 
for if this happened last year, be like, oh, this is like a slightly below average. We should probably beat Purdue by a little bit more, but two touchdowns, not going to complain. Um, but compared to beating a Florida State team in overtime that lost to Jacksonville, um, and a Toledo team that just lost to a terrible Colorado State team, when we probably should have lost that game to Toledo if they'd have just fallen down at the one yard line, it was a great game. And I know the stats don't necessarily back it up. I think Cohen was actually a little bit less accurate, but there was a lot of drops by the receivers. He had some really nice deep balls. Still, his pocket presence isn't great, right? When he, when it feels like there's a rusher coming towards him, he seems kind of dead in the water. No really escapability or ability to throw it away quickly. Um, so that's going to be a problem uh, with Wisconsin coming up. But yeah, I mean, it was it was a decent effort, which is a whole lot better than what we saw the first two weeks and a little bit of positive in the running game. I mean, they were getting three, four yards of carry. So it's encouraging, but it's still a long way, I think, from where we want to be. Yeah. And I mean, we all know the the heart of the schedule is coming up. Definitely these next three weeks, these next two weeks are huge, you know, and um, even if they go one and one these next two weeks, I think you'd have to consider that, you know, successful based on the first three weeks of the season. Um, yeah, uh, Wisconsin, I don't know if you saw this or not. The line opened up at like, I think it was only Wisconsin minus two and a half. And obviously Mm -hmm. Notre Dame homers were like, Hey man, we've got the pedigree. We're the team that's been to the playoffs, what twice. And we, we, we've been to a national championship in the BCS era as well, you know, going, going back to 2012, but, um, we're the more established program in the Wisconsin. Obviously we felt about this is basically a Notre Dame podcast. So that's, you know, you're going to get that angle from us, yeah. but it shifted hard. It's at six and a half right now. And I believe Notre Dame is double your money plus two ten um, on the money line. Last I checked. Wow. Um, tell me why not to lay a little money on the money line, man. I just feel like, I feel like that's the value and you know, it's, whenever the line shifts so hard one way, you're almost better off betting the other. I would probably take the points, obviously, you know, when it's six and a half like that, but it just seems crazy to me that that much money, the public is so heavy on this Wisconsin team that had a, I mean, they lost to Penn state. It was at, it was at a, was that at Wisconsin? It was. Yeah. It was a home game. They lost at home to Penn state and then they blew out, somebody no some nobody in uh, east yeah eastern michigan yeah awesome good for you guys i guess <laughs> better than notre dame notre dame's you know schedule even though they're three and oh which is weird to say but i just don't see how wisconsin's almost a full touchdown favorite in soldier field you know there's a ton of notre dame fans in chicago it's not going to be a home game but i bet i would be surprised if it wasn't more than 60 40 notre dame fans in that at soldier field Saturday at noon. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think it's a little bit of the people getting into their heads too much. Like it's the advanced stats era, right? Everyone's looking at stats, stats, stats. And Wisconsin, if you look at the advanced stats, is a much more impressive team, right? I think the stats say they should have beaten Penn State, who's now a top five team. They blew out Eastern Michigan, who when we were, you know, scraping by Toledo, scraping by Florida State. So they on paper. If you look at the yards per play, or, you know, the differentials, they look like a much better team. I think that's playing a lot into it. Whereas like 10, 15 years ago, be like, oh, yeah, it's a 3-0 and Irish team. It's a 2-1 and Wisconsin team on a neutral field. I think Notre Dame should be the favorites. So a lot of times I think we overthink this. And I mean, I'm worried, right? They have a really good defense, really good defensive line. We're probably not going to be able to run the ball. At the same time, Penn State had wide receivers running wide open. And I think we have a really good skill position group with both our running backs with Lindsay, with Austin, with Mayer. Uh, so there's going to be some coverage issues they're going to have on the back end. If we can give Cone just enough time to throw it out there. So, yeah, I, I think honestly, yeah, this should probably be a one and a half, two and a half point spread with Wisconsin, maybe being the favorite because they've looked a little bit better this year, but six and a half is, is a little bit disrespectful. I think it's just kind of a, a group think narrative where people are just, they love to be anti Notre Dame and we haven't given them a lot of reasons to, to think otherwise so far this year, but I, I feel good about taking them plus six and a half. Yeah, I think definitely take the points there. Um, I would say this Notre Dame, and I know they played an extra game because I believe Wisconsin's one and one. I don't think they played last week. They That's had a right. Random, That's right. Yeah. Random week three bye, which is, could be horrible. For is, is it random though? Because I actually saw the Notre Dame's next five opponents have a bye week before them. Coincidentally, they're five toughest games. So yeah, it's uh, 
business as usual being that that big target on the schedule. Yeah, apparently. I didn't know that. Oh, God, that makes me feel horrible. <laughs> um, Notre Dame does have six takeaways to Wisconsin's one. I know they have played an extra game, but that stat popped out to me when I was when I was trying to find something that would make me feel better okay. about this game. Yeah, that's still two a game versus half a game. I mean, that's significantly more. Yeah, it is. And I would obviously, you know, playing Penn State that, that you know, you would understand that. I don't know if the turnover, I'm assuming the turnover came against Eastern Michigan, but uh, <laughs> I didn't look into that. Uh, so, um, yeah, I don't know, man. You know, I'm hopeful. I'm optimistic. It doesn't, you know, it's it's definitely not the feeling I had going into the Clemson, the first Clemson game that they won at home last mm-hmm. year where I was like, you know, terrified but hopeful this is more of like i'm just i'm just hopeful man i think you know like i i think you know i i wouldn't be stunned if notre dame lost obviously Mm -hmm. based on the play this year it wouldn't be shocking at all but um i mean i i just it's almost a touch it feels like it could get to a touchdown by kickoff at noon man i mean if it goes to sit seven points like i'm just gonna grab it right there that's Mm. that's a lot for my our irish but you know, maybe everybody's onto this and this is just going to be one of those games. I would say more likely than not, nine times out of 10, when the betting public all goes one way and they literally push the line like four points almost in a couple days, yeah. go the other way in general. Just, just even if you think, even if you're, you're all, you're certain, just go the other way. Um, look at what happened, you know, and we'll, we will just, I just wanted to use this as an example. We don't have to switch to this obviously, but look at yeah. the Sunday football game, Ravens chiefs, mm. 80% of the money I believe was on the chiefs on the money line on the point spread. And what happens? The Ravens win outright, obviously cover that. So, yeah. um, you know, that, there's a reason they keep building casinos in Vegas. It's because they always win. So, Right. The same thing happened with my Bears, right? I think the Bengals started three and a half point underdogs. They were down to like one and a half at kickoff. Didn't cover that either. I threw a little free bet on the money line on them. I didn't know. I was I was right with the public on that. So, yeah, shame on me. No, it's it's really tough. I, I feel like it's kind of similar to how I felt before the Michigan game, maybe 2018. Um the year we we beat them and it was a really ugly game Shea Patterson was their quarterback it's, I just don't know what to expect right we just haven't seen enough from either team obviously they're a talented team but they're not a, a Clemson level talent Alabama level talent we actually have better players based on the recruiting rankings um so I just don't know what to expect it's there's going to be a lot of weird juju in the air with the Graham Mertz Jack Cohn you know both were in the Wisconsin quarterback room last year um I think it'll be a lot of fun. I mean, a lot of fun in the sense that it's going to be a close, ugly, low-scoring game probably, but I think both teams will have a chance throughout the whole game. Um, I really, I was really encouraged, honestly, with our defense last week. We really shut down Purdue after all the big plays against Toledo and Florida State. Uh, Purdue had maybe one play over 20 yards, I think, um, whereas we gave it multiple plays over 50 yards in the previous two games, so... I really like what I see out of the defense. Linebackers improving. Bertrand looked like a monster back there. Kyle Hamilton can, continues to be a beast. The defensive line is deep, and Foskey is the star there. So I don't think Wisconsin is going to score a ton of points on us, and I think we can hit enough deep shots, big plays, uh, to make this really interesting. Yeah, I love that. I do love the under, too. I think you were kind of hinting <laughs> at that. Do you think it'll be low scoring? It's like 46 and a half or something like that. Oh, it's is- 46. Okay, yeah. I yeah. think it is. Yeah, I th- I was thinking it would be 43, 44, but it right. is 46. And I think 23 points would win you this football game. So, um, yeah, it's, that's – that's that's I mean, I might get crazy and throw the Notre Dame points in a tease in, with the uh, – with Parley. the Parlay. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll see. You know, it'll be fun, though. I think – I hope it's a fun – good competitive game you know that's the one thing i really don't want is notre dame to just get blown out these next two weeks um because i obviously that would be really demoralizing on a lot of levels but um yeah uh, i do feel like you know kelly's coached there long enough um wisconsin's a great opponent their fate like wisconsin's favored this is definitely not a situation where you're looking ahead to cincinnati at home next week even though cincinnati is is ranked uh in the top 10 i think they're ranked above us now um yeah, which I mean, they should be. It's not. It's, I understand that. Um, but uh, yeah, I. Uh, what else do you want to go over with college football here? You can kind of oh, take. Yeah. It 
Yeah, there wasn't like a you know top five matchup last week. Alabama, Florida was close, but there was just a lot of fun, kind of weird games like Michigan State, Miami. Michigan State ended up pulling away from them in Miami. They've been terrible, you know, after D'Antonio left, but uh, they got their new coach in there. Miami's kind of struggling. Uh, I was really surprised that Michigan State actually even won that game, but pulled out and kind of grinded them down. That was a that was a weird one. And then obviously your Hoosiers were up early they were looking good against the Bearcats uh but Ritter is just a good quarterback there in Cincinnati they kind of pulled away from them at the end so those were two kind of fun big 10 games where I one went the way I expected but not in the way I thought and then Michigan State really impressed me along with yeah, Michigan no. who blew out another team yeah I mean Mich- I don't know what Michigan is Michigan's like the opposite of Notre Dame in that they're yeah. both 3-0 but we don't really know what they are at 3-0 still yeah. so um yeah, um, I, I, the uh, Florida really impressed me, man. That Florida Alabama game, I know a lot of people want to take that as uh, Bama bleeds, you know, like, and I, I agree with that. They're not invincible. This doesn't feel like the team last year. Now, that being said, Saban's a great coach. They're probably going to get better as the year goes on. But what I took from that game is, I mean, it kills me to say this, but the SEC could send two teams this year to the playoffs. I think know? they could maybe send three. They could send three. Yeah, yeah. it's not it's not blasphemy. To like say that. if if yeah. if Florida beats Georgia, Florida has one loss. Georgia has one loss. Florida beats Bama in the title game rematch. They all have one loss. I think that's not beyond their own possibilities. That three one loss teams there. No, it's not. It's not at all. It's scary. <laughs> I don't want to think of it. That's that's a that's a dark world that we'd be living in. Then. Yeah. I but yeah. Think- no, I agree. Yeah, I think Florida ran for. They ran for almost 250 yards, six yards a carry. I, they actually dominated the stats line after Bama was up 21-3 in the first quarter. Uh, I think mix, missed an extra point there that would have forced overtime because they had to go for too late. So, yeah, they were really impressed. No one runs like that against Bama. No, no, they never do. So, um, yeah. Um, what? A, oh, the, the Penn State-Auburn game. Brother, you gave me a great, great uh, three-team parlay that I hit on. USC, Moneyline, Notre Dame, Moneyline, and you were like, tease that Auburn line up to 10 and a half, and that'll get you good. And you nailed it, man. Props to you. So um, that was that Auburn-Penn State game was really entertaining, too, yeah. for the nightcap. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a great day of college football, honestly. Underrated. And, like, and it, it was kind of out of nowhere because we kind of went into it like, eh, Penn State-Auburn's cool, but other than that, we don't really know what we're getting. And it turned out to be – a Turned out to be wild. So yeah, yeah. Oklahoma, Ohio State were in games into the fourth quarter against teams they were favored by twenty points against. So it really does feel like any team is mortal at this point. Uh, especially Clemson beating Georgia Tech fourteen to eight. That was surprising. Uh, K State beat Nevada. They were actually underdogs. They're ranked now. So a little bit. Got to sneak in a little bit of Kansas State football. They look good. I think there's a statistic as of today, and we're three weeks into the college football season. This isn't week one. You know, we have a sample size here. Um, And, you know, it's only two. It's only no Clemson's played three games, right? They're two and one. Yeah. Clemson has like the 77th most efficient offense by like (laughs) a couple different metrics or they're right around 78. I don't think that's going to hold true for the rest of the year, but I just saw that and I just, I had to double check it and then go to a different website and double check it. Cause I was just, yeah, no, like that's what it, I mean, it makes sense. You only score 14 points against Georgia tech. They were Georgia tech was getting like 32 and a half points, I think going into that game. Yeah. yeah and it's fascinating yeah. to see how the lines shift now, right? They're 10 point favorites on the road against NC state. It's like, can they do that? Can they, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a lot like our Irish, right? The shrinking lines, right? We were yeah. 17 point favorites, or I think it opened against Purdue as like two touchdown favorites at the beginning of the year. It came down a touchdown, like so. I think Vegas, Vegas must in like they must love the inexperienced gambler, but they must hate them too because they just they just probably get just stupid amounts of money, like ways they didn't on on where they didn't expect it necessarily to come from. And they're just like, crap, we have to shift this. What's going on? You know, yeah. these guys know, or are they just a bunch of idiots that downloaded DraftKings for the first time this weekend? You know? <laughs> um, yeah. Um, what else? Uh, 
BYU impressed me over Arizona State. Yeah, I forget what night that was. That was a good game too. That was late. Um, there was a there was some fun late games too. UCLA went down to Fresno State. They were kind of the golden boys of the Pac-12 with Oregon, and they lost to a to a Mountain West team. Yeah, total letdown game after the LSU win. Um, yeah, um, yeah, it was a fun weekend for college football for sure. Uh, do you want to transition to the NFL and where do you want to start? Uh, we can just go bears Colts first, or we can, we haven't touched on the, the Thursday night football game. We should probably start there. I guess it was the fantastic. fantastic game. I had no expectations for that game. I don't have NFL network. I went and worked out at planet fitness. I called good old Pesas, the local Polish bar right around the corner from me. Yeah. They weren't open. Oh, no. So I popped into a place called West winds that I haven't, it's a third shift bar opens up at seven in the morning. And uh, they uh, hadn't been in there in years, but they had the game on. Um, Mark, the owner, has a new bar top on. It looks really nice. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, I just I watched the game. I uh, I didn't take your advice on the watch taking laying the three and a half. I think that was one of your bets of the week. Oh, don't, don't mention it. No, I think yeah. you hit on two out of three though. Maybe I'm wrong there, but um, I did take the Washington money line, so I did okay. good on that. I just couldn't believe the Giants. It was like watching two teams shoot themselves in the foot and then hand the gun to the other team. And the team would just shoot, shoot itself in the foot in response. I was like, Oh my God, nobody wants to win this game. It felt like, uh, our old friend Dexter Lawrence from Clemson, uh, ended up with the final, final F up, if you will, on the, on the offsides over the center for the, for the giants when Hopkins missed the field goal. That's right. Wild man. That was a wild game. I'll tell you what I was. Yeah. That was uh, that was what randomly entertaining NFC East Thursday Night Football game. Um, yes, yeah, someone was telling me that that Danny Dimes is actually the 19th leading rusher in the NFL right now. He has more rushing yards than Saquon, more than Zeke Elliott. Um, he would be he would be in the top 15, but I think he had like a huge run called back. That's or right. Else there was a holding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw that too. Um, yeah, I don't. I have no. Yeah, I think the Giants stink. Uh, I, I don't know what the red, I just, I think you, we nailed it with our, our kind of our call and having a Cowboys guest on, uh, yeah, shout, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to him. He, you know, like, I just, I, I think that the Cowboys are going to run away with this division. It feels like they have the most talent. If Dak's healthy, I think they're the best in that division. It's not that close. Um, That's right. Yeah. He called his shot. The Cowboys did get the win. It was pretty ugly. I don't think a lot of people saw Prescott or Herbert playing that poorly. Um, but the Cowboys grinded it out 20 to 17 in LA. So that was, was a good call. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely a great call by Mr. Alexander. Yeah. I, uh, um, yeah, the Eagles came back to earth a little bit. I mean, the 49ers are a tough team. I think now that they're healthy, you can see it's kind of a night and day difference against last year. Um, but is that offense is a little bit of a problem still. It'll be interesting to see if we get a little more, uh, Lance run coming up here. Yeah, I don't know. There's so many injuries for San Francisco. I I, I picked up their boy uh, Elijah Mitchell, and I was super stoked about it for fantasy. Yeah. And uh, he got injured. I think they had three running backs get injured, and Mitchell ended up coming back for them. And I think it was just because he basically had to. He was the least injured of their running backs. Um, and yeah, Philly coming back down to earth is kind of the perfect way to talk about that game. Uh, it'll be fun though. It's a fun Sunday night football game coming up with San Francisco or Green Bay at San Francisco, I should say. Um, yeah, I um, with your Bears, man. Are are you ready for the Fields era? <laughs> Andy Dalton got ruled out today. It's official. Fields is yeah. getting a start. Um, I am worried about him. I mean, I think like you know, it, they it, Andy Dalton. It's not like Andy Dalton lost the job. He got hurt partially probably because the bears offensive line isn't really good. Um, I'm worried about fields taking some shots and trying to run and do some stuff. You know, I mean, he's a rookie. He doesn't know, you know, but at the same time, it's going to be really fun. I'm really excited, man. I'm really excited to see what he does, what he looks like with a full week to prepare full week of practice. Um, yeah. What do you, what do you think, man? What's the, what's the vibe for bears fans? Yeah, he, his uh, six for 13, 60 yards and one interception didn't didn't impress you in his debut. Um, it's tough either. when you're throwing like that. I always I, I never it, it is. It is. Especially when you're a rookie. I just just throw it out, throw it out the window, because I don't want to hear about the rookie that thought, OK, I'm going to chill on the bench. I might get a couple designed run plays for me around the goal line. And oh, 
Oh, Dalton's lipping off the. Oh, oh God. Oh, they're calling. You know that's that's tough, man. Like that yeah. matters. That really matters. You're not mentally prepared to be inserted to the game full time, and then you just are in a split second. And I know it's like, oh, well, you're a professional. You should be ready at all times. But it's like, no, nah, man. Like that's really tough. It's really rare for a veteran backup quarterback to come in in that situation and have success, let alone a rookie. So throw that that out the window to me. Like, let's yeah. see what he does this week. He's had a week in practice taking reps with the ones with the ones. Like, this will be a like I don't I don't even if he has a bad week, I don't want to count that performance against him. And he still rushed for a touchdown. He showed that he showed what we think, which is that Fields is going to be really good scrambling and, you know, like hopefully doesn't do it too much and end up getting hurt. But I mean, he's going to be an effective runner really. So I, I think so. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And I think I wish they had one more week, right? Like, cause going at the Browns is going to be tough with miles Garrett and that defense. Uh, the next week they come back to Chicago to play the Lions. So I wish they just, if Dalton was healthy enough, he could go one more game before he throw fields in there. But I mean, yeah, it'll be exciting at a minimum. I think uh, he'll make some mistakes, but he'll also make some nice plays with his legs. And the defense looked pretty good. He, the, what Burrow threw three interceptions on three straight throws. So I think the defense can at least keep us in the game for a little bit. Um, but yeah, I would I wouldn't expect uh, us to beat the Browns. They're a very good team, but maybe in the second start at home against the Lions, he can get it done. That line, that Browns Bears line smells. It's Bears, I don't know if you saw it's Bears plus seven. So I don't know. I just was like, okay. You think I think it's too small. I think I it's something smells with it. It feels <laughs> too small. I initially was like, oh, I'm just gonna lay the seven points. The Browns are gonna win by at least seven. Like, you know, it just it feels too easy to me. That's what I mean by it smells. I'm just like, I don't know. I'm probably just I'm just gonna stay away. Anytime the line stinks like that, I'm just like, I don't want to touch it. I just, you right. guys know something that I don't know. And I don't, I'm not going to be, whichever side I pick is going to be the wrong side, basically. So, speaking um, of the Browns, they, uh, they just played the Texans. And I feel like the Texans with Tyrod Taylor, they were really interesting. Like they, I think they, if he would have been able to stay healthy and I know I think he's going to be out for a few weeks here, they could have had a chance in the AFC South. They were a really frisky team. And they did cover against the Browns, but um, yeah, I was just a little little pain in my chest seeing Tyrod Taylor go down. No Deshaun Watson. We're down to uh, our Stanford third round draft pick now. Um, so Texan season, a little bit of hope, and it, it feels gone now. I I wrote notes, little notes, jotted them down for each game. I literally have Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor out makes an interesting team less fun. That's my like. Yeah. Want like one of my two little thoughts on Houston Cleveland. Um, yeah, I agree. That's tough. They were fris- frisky. Yeah, man, it's probably an understatement. Honestly, they were up on the Browns there for a minute. And yeah, I, I, I hit on that. They covered that spread. It was like 11 and a half points. Um, so I, uh, I do think it's really interesting uh, to jump around a little bit here. Tua gets hurt. It just came out today that he actually, the initial MRI said he was clean. And then the secondary MRI came back. He has broken ribs, hmm. um, a la Drew Brees. Actually, that Tony is like Romo, yeah, yeah, breaking today. So who knows? And I just don't understand like how the Deshaun Watson rumors wouldn't start heating up at some point. <laughs> I mean, unless the NFL has completely secretly, like said, brought down the hammer and been like, he is not starting. Like he hasn't been charged with anything criminally. Like he's not, you know, it's, there's no reason he can't play football. And like you said, the Texans are down to Davis Mills. They're going to start him tomorrow night. I picked up the Panthers defense uh, for fantasy to start against the rookie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. I just, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe he'll be good. Maybe he'll come out. But I mean, like, welcome to the NFL games are very rarely good for rookie quarterbacks. Um, I would say so. Um, especially guys that, weren't expecting to start i don't think this year in davis mills we'll see we'll see i guess um yeah. what else um oh with with miami though uh jacoby Brissett's gonna start so you know i'm rooting for him really okay. i thought he yeah. he kind of got the short end of the stick with indianapolis i thought they could have given him another another go when they brought in philip rivers which ended up working out i guess you know we ended up losing to buffalo in the playoffs but yeah i thought that that was a guy that i i really liked i think he really you know, he, he, 
I don't know. He's better than a backup quarterback, I guess is my thing. He's, he's probably in that third tier of quarterbacks still, but I feel like he should be starting somewhere. He's not right. the 33rd. He's not the 33rd worst quarterback in football ever. I don't think. Um, yeah, the, the saints might take him right. They, they came back down to earth in a big way against the Panthers. Actually, they only scored seven points. Jameis did not throw for five touchdowns. And I, I really think that is Matt rule, like a really good coach. I mean, he was, he was really good at Temple. He's got the Panthers humming. They're probably going to be three and zero now after uh, going to Houston this week. Um, Saints were disappointing after they looked like world beaters in Week One, but maybe the Panthers are just good. Yeah, no, the Panthers. Somebody sneaky was always going to come out of the NFC South. We thought. Yeah. Um, thought it might be the Falcons, but it's thought not. it might be the Falcons. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be the Falcons. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Jameis giveth and Jameis taketh away. Yeah, I just think that's going to be the whole season for the Saints. It's going to be. There's going to be games. And even quarters and halves where you're just like, this guy could win MVP. And then there's going to be other times where he looks, you know, he's getting sacked and throwing up a Hail Mary still at the same time. Uh, It's just in his nature, man. You know, these guys with this gunslinger mentality, I think, if they don't have the athleticism and the wherewithal to back it up, like Brett Favre, you know, like it's even if Brett Favre is the ultimate gunslinger, like he still threw a lot of interceptions, you know. I think a lot of these guys have that same mentality and they don't have the skill to back it up. And, um, you know, you end up with Jameis. It's kind of a, it's a coin flip. You know, there's going to be games where he does what he did week one. And I think there's going to be also games where this is what happens. And maybe Sean Payton can beat it out of him. But I just think this is who he is, you know, honestly. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, I, I'm not saying, oh, you can't win a Super Bowl with Jameis Winston. Like, I think it's ridiculous when people Ooh. say that about any. Any quarterback. Okay, hear me out. I watched Peyton and Carcass <laughs> get drugged to a Super Bowl by the Denver Broncos defense. Anybody? But, but how many interceptions did Peyton throw in the in the Super Bowl? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, any any <laughs> any quarterback that's not a turnover machine can win the Super Bowl. Because I, I, I mean, Peyton was was still making good calls at the line. He was able to audible out of plays, even if he couldn't make a lot of throws. I, I think Jameis, where he struggles probably is he he can't read coverages as well as a, a, a most veteran quarterbacks something that Cam Newton also struggled with, right? Like those guys just don't recognize and they, they never learned some of those skills that a, a Brady or a Manning or the top level guys, you know, learn even beyond the physical traits. Yeah. Yeah. A guy like Mac Jones. Did you watch any of that new England, New York jets game? I did not. No, I, was, I mean, I guess red zone. I saw a little bit, but it, yeah, it was, it was not a game. It was super annoyed. I had, well, I ended, I ended up making it back, but okay. I had, uh, I had the, Patriots to win and I needed Mac Jones to get like a paltry like 210 yards passing and okay. he did not get that so no, he did not um no it's it's that game was fascinating to me because it is a tale of two quarterbacks on the one <laughs> side you have the New England Patriots who are going to literally hold the hand of the bait like I have a baby Mac like I hold her hand too that's what okay. the Patriot when she walks that's what the Patriots are doing with Mac Jones right now, they're going to hold him along. If he falls down, they're going to, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Mac. They'll pick him back up. Like, and they're going to win nine or 10 games this year and be in a, be competitive for a playoff spot because they're able to do that with this guy. Whereas the jets are just throwing Zach Wilson, to the lions, they have no backup quarterback. And so that's, that's the worst part when Zach Wilson has these games and he's thrown three picks and it's, it's like halfway through the third quarter it's not like you turn around and you throw in a Brian Hoyer at the new England Patriots backup quarterback who they just signed, signed to another year. He's going to, he's going to literally be there for the next 20 years. I'm convinced they love him as their back. He, he's your next head coach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Coach and waiting. Yeah. Hey, you um, know, uh, Zach Wilson did have 210 yards passing though. Exactly. So was that the line? Take that. Well, you just said you had two ten for Mac Jones, right? Zach Wilson had two hundred ten oh, yards. So I hit on I hit on uh, Zach Wilson's complete or no, not completions, his pass attempts. I needed like over thirty pass attempts. Yeah, I, I don't. Has Has Belichick ever lost to a rookie quarterback before? I I don't I don't know that he has. Like ah. yeah, he just he can scheme for these young guys. And yeah, I agree. Like Zach Wilson coming out of BYU is like being thrown to the wolves on his Mormon mission. Like he he doesn't have a lot of help. He doesn't – I mean, yeah, he doesn't have a backup. He's kind of just go out there and wing it, and it might work at BYU when you're playing Coastal Carolina, but it's not going to work against uh, the Patriots' defense. I just think it's really dangerous with these guys because I think guys have these type of games, 
you know, Trevor Lawrence is kind of doing the same thing in Jacksonville right now. Where You're like, talking about the, the, the David Carr theory, how the, the Texans ruined David Carr. Yeah, definitely. Like <laughs> that people. No, no, no. Here's the problem. People are like, well, Peyton Manning threw 28 interceptions and the Colts won three games this rookie year. It's like, okay. Peyton Manning is an alien. Like he's literally like the son of an NFL quarterback. Like just like he's top three. You can't compare mortals to Peyton Manning. Like that's not fair to them. And nine times out of 10, you end up with a dare with a David Carr situation instead of a Peyton Manning situation. When you do this to these rookie quarterbacks, because what happens, it breaks their confidence. It breaks their confidence. And once their confidence is broken, they're never coming back. They're never going to be the same. And I mean, it's worrisome with Lawrence and with Wilson, I think that, you know, um, and, you know, like I said, just look at, you know, look at, how much more comfortable Mac Jones is in that offense, just doing dink and dunk passes. And, you know, there's going to be some games where the Patriots are going to lose, but I don't think they're going to let Mac Jones lose the game for them necessarily. They're just not going to allow that to happen because they know that will shatter his kind con- that shatters a rookie's confidence. It's just, I don't know. It's tough. It was tough. It was tough to watch. I, I, you know, I'm rooting. I have no dog in these fights. It's not like I, you know, I'm rooting for the jets or anything like that. Uh, you, but, should root, you should root against the Patriots. I think that's okay. I, I feel like that's an American thing to do. I agree. Um, but Being anti-Patriot is very American these days, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately, yeah, on multiple <laughs> levels. So, um, yeah, man, I don't know. It's just, it's, just, it's just fascinating kind of watching the dichotomy of Mac Jones going over the sidelines after a successful field goal drive and talking it down and breaking it down and, and Wilson just looking like, you know, a deer in the headlights coming back to the sidelines. You know, it's, you know, they're going to Darnold him. That's what they're going to do. And I mean, like you look at what Sam Darnold's doing in Carolina, he's not going to win any MVPs, but he's a competent quarterback. You know, um, I, I would say, you know, before the bears had Justin Fields, they would have loved to have a guy like Sam Darnold, you know, honestly, with the way Carson Wentz is going, like maybe the Colts would love to have a guy like Sam Darnold too right now. So yeah, when is he coming back? Is he officially hurt or is he benched? What what is going on with with no, the Wentz saga? There's no way with two sprained okay. ankles he's coming back. I just okay. I don't see it. Uh, I've already laid money I, on the Titans. That, that, that's another line that does smell. Like why aren't the Titans if like a full touchdown favorite in that game? I don't know. I teased it with the or I uh I parlayed it with like something stupid like under fifty eight and a half points. Because okay. I think I think Eason's gonna play and he's just gonna throw like four picks and yeah the Titans are just gonna win twenty eight nothing but um, and I'm fine with losing if the Titans lose but <laughs> I don't think <laughs> fifty nine points are getting scored in that game so yeah um, we haven't uh, we haven't touched much on the Chiefs Ravens though that I honestly went to bed super early and I was wiped out but I I saw a little bit of that game I thought the Chiefs were gonna run away with it um, but part partly. A lot of concern about the Chiefs defense. They can't stop anyone. But also, you know, Lamar Jackson, without his running backs, without your guy Gus Edwards, limited receivers. Uh, he got it done with his legs. He got it done through the air. I was yeah, I was impressed with Lamar uh, actually finally getting over the top against the Chiefs. Lamar keeps coming, man. He's just not scared. That's the thing. Yeah. He's going to end – I'm terrified that he's going to end up getting hurt. Um, But, man, it's truly special. Like, I never thought – I never thought that I would see another Vic and like, he's Michael Vic, man. Like this is, that's, that's what this is. And anybody that's like, no, he's not. It's like, no, it's just like he, he is, he's, they're the exact same player, except Lamar might be a little smaller and maybe a little faster. Right. He's Um, against like overall faster defenses too. Right. Cause when Vic was playing, it was still like, Oh, big middle linebackers like Brian Urklack. No, no, it's like all speed rushers and, and Jackson's still doing it. And Kyler Murray's honestly not too far behind. Like, there's just some freaks out there right now. They they run their defense. Like, they'll have guys whose whole job it is is just, like, don't let him get the edge on you. Yeah. And he just freezes them and gets the edge on them. And it's it's insane to watch, honestly, in, in real time. And then they slow it down, and you just see the look of panic on this defender's face as he starts to – he starts to – he just – Jackson's going – and the defenders just like immediately makes a beeline dead sprint for the sideline, knowing that all I have to do is get him to cut inside. And I've got my guys, I've got my guys to the right of me that are going to back me up. And just the realization as they're full out sprinting that 
oh my god he's gonna beat me to the <laughs> <laughs> it's not fair it's not fair yeah um, yeah man and i just i love the way he plays the game it's really fun to watch man al michaels really gets into it too it, it's oh my god the al <laughs> i wish you'd watch the game you you would but you know it'll be he'll be like and jackson from the from the pistol he takes a snap and there he goes. It's <laughs> like, he doesn't even know how to read it so fast. That yeah. he just, yeah. And then the Collinsworth reaction. <laughs> I, I, Al, like, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you, you, Al. I just, I just never I seen anything like this. I don't know how you defend this guy. <laughs> I'm going to miss them. I'm going to miss them so bad when Al retires. I think yeah. this might be his last year. Tariko's going to be great. Don't get me wrong. Like that's going to be, yeah. he's going to be fantastic. And I, but. I think, Chris, Chris has still got some miles left on him for sure. He, he, uh, I would hope. I would hope Chris has another ten football seasons left in him before, um, before his son takes over. <laughs> people get so mad. About his son is like really likable though. Like he's like good. Like oh, yeah, yeah. He's what's his what's his name again? Uh, Jace. Jace Collins. I met him a couple times. He went to know. He went to Notre Dame, and he would like come into our works and stuff. Total bro. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, oh, yeah, he always, always with like the hottest girl in the bar. Huge surprise. Um, but no, he was like, he was super nice. He was super nice, super likable guy. And yeah, I get it. Yeah. Some of it's, you know, probably because his dad's Chris Collinsworth. But if he's good at the job, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. you know? Yeah. So. Although it is tough for a, a, like a, a color commentator to be a kind of a non former player. So I don't know if he'll be able to get to kind of dad's level, but he could at least be a good studio guy. Okay. yeah i mean yeah there's worse things than that that's for sure um yeah did we did we hit all the game oh the monday nighter um detroit green bay yeah they are they are who we thought they were that's what i have written there i don't really know yeah if yeah they, they did cover and they won by 18 but that was not a, a true 18 point win i think for the packers yeah. they pulled away late but there i think there's still some concerns in green bay yeah no there's definitely some concerns their defense can't stop anybody Really, you know, like the Saints ran up, ran up 35 points on them, and then the Lions had them on the ropes at halftime. And yeah. if not for the Lions turning into a pumpkin, like that looked like that was going to be a football game for sure. Um, and yeah, Green Bay, Green Bay gets the cover, like you said, but I have no idea. And it's, you know, it's really going to be three weeks of overreactions for them because whatever happens in San Francisco Sunday night, it's going to be a growth. They're either, if they lose, it's going to be like oh green bay has problems and aaron Rodgers, all this drama and if they win it's going to be like oh well pencilman for the nfc championship game against tampa bay um yeah yeah it'll be interesting that's going to be i'm really excited for that game probably because i have like three players going but still still but bucks rams we are are treated to that game i would say it's hard to say those are not the two best teams in the nfc right now seahawks making a compelling case otherwise but it'll be fun to see Brady against that defense with Donald and Ramsey. And then, yeah, honestly, see Stafford against that defense with all the, the monsters they have in Tampa Bay and just see you know what happens in that game. I think it's going to be a fun one. Did you, um, real quick, just to like, I just wanted to, to mention this. Uh, so in the Rams-Colts game, Quentin Nelson is a right guard and he was lined up against Aaron Donald, right? Yeah. And he beat up Aaron Donald in the first half. Like Donald couldn't, it was, there was moments where Don, like Donald was looking up, like watching the replay. Like I, you know, almost like I haven't, cause they, they haven't played each other yet. This was their yeah. first, this was their first game against each other. And you could tell Donald was like, I've never, this hasn't, this doesn't happen to me. I just get by the guys and I'm bigger and stronger and faster than you. And Q man, Quentin's awesome. And then of course they moved him. Donald moved over to the other side and just dominated Braden's. I was gonna say, like, would would they? I guess would they have played against each other when uh, Donald's at Pitt and Q was at Notre Dame? Maybe, maybe Donald's just a little bit too old. Yeah, he's like he's like five years older than Q. Never mind, never mind. Think he? Yeah, I think he's older than Q. Yeah, for sure. But um, yeah, man. So I I did. I don't know if I mentioned that I got all the reaction I wanted to out of the Quentin Nelson jersey at the Notre Dame game. It was everything that I wanted. Like. Literally even down to like me walking into the stands, having to like cross over to get my seat, some idiot like standing up and be like, of course it's the guy in the Colts jersey. And then like four guys standing up and being like, that's Captain Q. That's Captain <laughs> Nelson. And like high-fiving me as I'm walking. There you go. There you yes, go. Yes. 
best jersey ever. So, yeah. Double yeah. use for the Quentin Nelson jersey for sure. Notre Dame games and Colts games, both valid. Yeah, yeah. I know. I should get a Cole Komet jersey. We should, we should there you go. double team it. Come, <laughs> come at me, bro. Come at me, bro. Um, yeah, no, this Ram, this Rams Bucks game. I, I don't even know. I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to go with it. Honestly, I, the Rams at home, like I think home field advantage matters now. Like it didn't, like it, you know, unlike last year where it was just a crapshoot. Yeah. But am I really going to bet against Brady in this game? I yes. don't know. I don't yes. know. Brady. I was, well, they were like ten and six last year. There's so much revisionist history because of that playoff run. Their defense looks a little bit older this year. They gave up a lot of points to the Falcons, a lot of points to the Cowboys. Rams, I think, are underdogs, right? They're like plus one and a half. You get the money line at like plus 115, plus 120. I think the Rams are the play here. I thought the Rams were minus one and a half. I thought it was the other way, but maybe it shifted. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah. I, is Gronk going to catch two touchdowns every game? Also, he's on pace for 35 touchdowns <laughs> this year. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Brady's on pace for like what what is he's got nine touchdowns in two games I oh god it's disgusting yeah it's like um, 70 touchdowns it's ridiculous yeah. yeah yeah I don't know but yeah I agree I think I think I'm gonna back the Rams here partially because of my Tom Brady, Brady hatred partially because the Rams are at home and partially because I just it feels like two in the two Rams games I don't think that McVay's necessarily really uncorked everything that he could have. Um, and, you know, he's probably got some evil things in the lab that he's been cooking up and waiting to hold for this game. Cause if you look at the Rams schedule too, after this, you know, after this, other than an- NFC West opponents, you know, I mean, it's, you know, they don't, they don't play many other teams and depending on how the Sunday night there's what I'm saying is there's a scenario. This was my thought process. <laughs> the Seahawks are, are mortal, obviously. And the Cardinals are still coached by Cliff Kingsbury. And so if the 49ers lose on Sunday night to the Green Bay Packers and the Rams beat the Bucks, like really this Rams thing is just going to ramp up. It's going to be ridiculous. People are going to be really talking Stafford MVP and everything else. So either way, I think it's going to go like that. It's either going to be the Bucks are going 17-0 or the Rams are definitely the favorite for the one seed and Stafford's going to win MVP. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, don't know. I I can't wait though. It's going to be back to back, you know, cause that's the game of the week. So that's the four o'clock game. And then we get an awesome Sunday night game. Um, yeah. I don't even, you know, I don't even know how much time I can devote to the Colts. <laughs> there also is the look ahead aspect, right. For Brady, especially cause you know who the Bucks play next week. They, oh, uh, yeah. they play at new England next week. So as much as he wants to beat the Rams, he wants to beat the Patriots and Belichick so much more. So I, I think the Rams are probably going to want this one more overall. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think do you think that Tom Brady knows where they uh put the microphones in the visitors locker room like Peyton Manning was talking about? <laughs> <laughs> he knows where all the cameras are and they probably and Belichick's probably moved them all now that he's uh Yeah, oh, definitely has. <laughs> yeah, it reminded me that uh that Hal Davis had there was some famous uh, game against the Raiders back in the day, and supposedly the opposing coach was screaming into the shower head that I know you're listening and stuff like that. And some reporter, <laughs> some reporter heard it and then asked Al Davis like if he had uh, if he they had microphones in the shower head, and Al just smirks and he's like, "They're not in the shower head." <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. different time for sure. We miss that um, troll. Yeah, we miss the troll. Yeah, we do. I, yeah, he was he was good for good for the league. Um, with that, do you want to transition to our social media story? Yeah, do you have one, or where do you well, want to go? No, I think we talked about kind of a hard hitting one, right? The the NBA vaccine policy and all the the intricacies involved with that. Yeah, so it's just this is my you can call it a half baked idea, you can call it a conspiracy theory, you can call me a nut job, but I just think all this matters and it's all connected and nobody's talking about this. So my understanding is the the NBA basically came out and they were like, Hey, we want everybody to be vaccinated in the league. And the NBA players association basically told them to F off. They're a union and clearly some of their more powerful players. It feels like LeBron's not vaccinated for one Mm -hmm. um, said like, we're not going to do that. That's a hard no from us dog. And so then like two weeks after that, it like was like a memo release that was like, oh, okay, but in I believe it's in the city of New Orleans and in the state of New York and in the state of California, 
right. you're required to be vaccinated to be in these buildings. So we can't require like, like we're not going to require like the other players to be vaccinated, the visiting players, if you will. So if you're you play for the Bulls and you're going to Brooklyn, you don't have to be vaccinated, but you would have to like have like three negative tests in the last three days or whatever it is. You know, right. testing, testing, testing. I get it. I understand, totally get that. No problem with that. But um, the visiting players don't have to, but the home players all do have to. So then fast forward to like, I believe it was this week or just a couple days ago and the Brooklyn Nets GM is being interviewed and they were like, so I think the reporter framed the question like this, and this is all I should have done better research because my timeline might be wrong. If anybody's listening that knows they might be yelling at me right now because I'm just completely wrong. But I believe his answer was basically like the question was framed that if the season started tomorrow, would you be able to field your full team? Is everybody completely vaccinated? And his answer was no. No, they're not. We're working on it, basically. And then, of course, there's a bunch of follow-up crazy questions like, are you going to be? Who's not? And he's like, well, I can't say that. HIPAA laws and a bunch of other stuff. And he was slick about it. Yeah. And for whatever reason, it's just a non-story right now. And I just feel like this is a big deal. Like, if I had to put money on which Nets player is not vaccinated, I would put money on Kyrie Irving. It's Kyrie Irving, yeah. <laughs> it's it's, it's a flat, flat earth belief, you know. Yeah. yeah. If Kyrie Irving's not vaccinated, then therefore, like, he's not going to be able to play in the home games. He'll be able to play in the away games, but he will not be allowed to play in the home games oh. in Barclays. So it's a, it's a load management thing, huh? Apparently. <laughs> I don't know how they're going to play this. I just think this is a really big deal. Like this is going to get intense like this. I, I, I didn't know how it would go when they did that, but there might be some pushback. And if there's some pushback from some of the league's biggest stars, we've seen the league cave in these situations multiple times in the past year, you would yes. say um, it's going to be interesting. Can, can think- you imagine the, the dichotomy of supporters for the NBA, right? Like the people who were screaming and yelling about the BLM stuff being on the court are now their biggest champs. Like, yes, protect your rights. Don't get the vaccine. It's just like, they're, they're just appealing to the direct opposite side now, which, which is great. I mean, I, I, I think they should stand for what they believe in, but uh, it is kind of a mess. And I, I don't know how the NBA gets out of this because these are not exactly like postal workers that can just be replaced. These are NBA stars who have a decent amount of bargaining power in the situation. And a lot of money. And a ton of money. It's like, oh, you're going to find me for these games? I don't care. I've got $150 million in the bank. And yeah, Kyrie Irving was is one of the biggest, most vocal supporters for social justice, Black Lives Matter, and has been for his whole career, really. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be really, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's like the backup center for them or some rookie or something like that. And none of this will matter. But, you know, I don't know anything. There hasn't been any whispers. And that's the weirdest part to me. I feel like this should be leading every NBA talk show, every NBA podcast. They should be talking about this or at least mentioning it. And it's just radio silence from everybody, which makes me think that they're being told to be radio silent about it, basically. Right. It's like, Kyrie, what, what's your price? How much do we have to pay you to get vaccinated? They're, they're just negotiating that right now. Exactly. Exactly. How bi- how much money do we have to donate to whatever your cause is, you know? Um, but yeah, I don't I don't know, man. It'll be it'll be interesting. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm probably 100 percent wrong. I'm probably I'm I know I'm I'm out like I'm past left field. I'm out of the stadium practically okay. at this point with all okay. this. But like we'll see. And if if it does blow up like, yeah, just remember, I called it first because nobody else is talking <laughs> about this on any of the major podcasts radio shows or anything so yeah yeah but it's it's our pod we get to do wild stuff so this was i kind of wanted talked about going out on a limb here and you supported me so i appreciate that man yeah that's our social media if you will kind of multiple stories tied into one oh, that yeah, we yeah we'll keep an eye on it i'm sure the nba will have to do plenty of backtracking here or some of the the players will either way someone's going to probably give in at this and then uh the story will be changed and everyone will be playing come november but yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it feel. I mean, I would hope so. Jesus, I would hope so. Yeah. yeah. We're only a month out. That's the crazy part. We're only a month out from the first regular season games because the season went so late, um, which is wild. Yeah. So, um, but with that, is it time, Joe? It's time. It is time for the bets. Oh yeah. Last week I actually went one and two and it, hear me out here though. I picked Notre Dame. That was the winner. 
the losers, the Rams, Colts, and I felt like I was a little bit robbed by a weird punt formation that the Colts recovered for a touchdown. I think the Rams deserve to win that game by four plus points, but you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna question your team. Um, so there was a it was a tough beat there. But uh let's go to college. I, I seem I seem to do a little bit better at college football overall. Uh Arkansas Razorbacks, they've been impressive. They are playing the Aggies, Texas A&M Aggies, at a neutral site, Jerry World in Irving, Dallas, Texas. They are five-and-a-half-point underdogs, and A&M can't score much. They have a good defense. They're down on their backup quarterback. We all remember the the kind of the 10-7 Colorado win. Arkansas has been really impressive on offense. They blew the doors off Texas. I really like Arkansas as – Five-and-a-half-point dogs against Texas A&M on a neutral site. I I love this now. I didn't realize it was a neutral site. I thought it was at Texas A&M. No. Um, yeah, the neutral site game makes it huge, honestly. Uh, and, yeah, Arkansas was really impressive against Texas, and A&M has not. So you're basically betting on Jimbo Fisher, I think, if you're laying the five-and-a-half there to kind of get it right. Yeah, no, I'll take that. Yeah, give me the – plus, I love I – love, I love getting points in college football. I just feel like that's always your best bet, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's a similar line to the Notre Dame game. I didn't want to take Notre Dame two weeks in a row. I think that's a little bit of bad juju. We we don't know what to expect there. Uh, that would be a little too much bias. So we'll, we'll give them a week off. Uh, but I like the Razorbacks there. Another one, uh, UCLA. We mentioned they came off that tough loss to Fresno State, kind of the letdown game. They are going to Stanford. It is not a difficult place to play. Stanford was able to usher out the Clay Helton era. They had that big win over USC. I think it's kind of an overreaction on both sides. UCLA is only a five-point favorite on the road at Stanford. I think they can win this game by double digits. I think they're by far the better team. Chip Kelly's going to have things humming. Stanford's going to come back down to earth. It's just, it's. I think it's, a, it's five points too small. UCLA minus five at Stanford. All right. I like it. I I mean, like that all makes sense. I do like the Stanford head coach, David Shaw. I think he does a great job. So I would. You do even would, recently. Yeah, no, I mean, he's fallen off recently, but yeah. I, I think he stayed too long. He should have left and he's too loyal to Stanford. He could have, he could have had a major, maybe even an NFL coaching job at this point. If he'd been jumping around. Um, I think that's but fair. no, I like, I like this. I agree with you. I love the overreaction on each side. Um, what did I don't know what Stanford did last week. I don't even know if they played or they, uh, they played the, the fighting Clark Lees and they, they beat Vanderbilt by 18 points, but Vanderbilt is really bad. So I, I, you can't put that much stock in that. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. I saw Vandy was like a 33 and a half point uh, dog to Georgia. <laughs> I don't know if it's I enough. I don't know if it's enough either. I was looking at it. So um, yeah, no. give me that one. Give me that one for sure. Okay. Yeah. We'll yeah. do both those. We'll throw them into. They'll give me a little college football thirty-three percent teacher again. They'll okay. Do that. Um, and this next one might hurt you a little bit because it's going against Joey Covers, who did not, who did not really cover, depending on where you got the line last week. But the Steelers coming off a tough game against the Raiders, who actually I think are pretty good, because um, they beat the Ravens week one. People forget that weird game happened. Uh, but the Steelers are at home against the Bengals, and they're minus three, only three-point favorites. So we're basically saying the Steelers are as good as the Bears, uh, which I don't think is the case. I think they have a better defense. I still think I'd take Big Ben over any of the the Bears quarterbacks at this point. I like Juju. I like Claypool. Najee Harris is a fun rookie running back. So um, the Steelers only laying three at home against the Bengals. I think it's about two or three points too, too low. So give me the Steelers minus three against the Bengals. I, I like that. I agree. I would say I think TJ Watt still has to practice this week. So I could be wrong about that, but okay. just make sure TJ Watt's playing, I think, is is my thing with that. Uh, and the Bengals, if you the, the Bengals line opened at three and a half. So if you got it at three and a half or three, actually, Joey covers. He your, covered. Your, okay. Okay. Well, it was yeah, down to one and a half by kickoff. So yeah, no, it was, it was down to one. Yeah. I believe it was damn near a pick on my kickoff. Yeah. So, yeah. um, I was on the wrong side of that on a money line bet, but I remember seeing the three and a half and thinking I should have just grabbed it right then. And I didn't, you know, I didn't back my boy. So that's what I get. Um, but really but no, the point I, being like, they're saying the Steelers and bears are equal based on this line. Whereas I think the Steelers would be like a five point favorite against the bears on a neutral field. So I, yeah, I don't understand that. 
I really like that lot. I really like that logic too. Um, ben Roethlisberger does scare me. I think he's just dead right now. He's old. He's but, old. Yeah. But yeah, man. Like I just like that Bengals loss to the Bears. I'm just like, yeah, man. I don't know if if Joey's not doing well either, and that defense is really good for Pittsburgh. Right. Yeah. They they yeah. Made, people forget week one. Right. We've already forgotten how they made Josh Allen look so bad, and we forget that because the Raiders came back and beat him. So it's just like don't overreact one way or the other. I think. The Steelers aren't as good as they looked in week one, but they're not as bad as they looked against the Raiders in week two. So they're they're better than a field goal against the Bengals at home. Pittsburgh's not an easy place to play. So, yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. No, it's te- no. Heinz Field's horrible. Yeah, for sure. It's been a house of horrors for my Colts for years, for sure. Mm. Um, yeah. Mm. yeah. All right. Well, those are good. Those are good, Joe. This is a fun pod, man. This is a good one, I think. So, yeah. And I, uh, I don't have anything else unless you do if you want to take us home. No, that's all I got. All right, Nate, thank you. Thank you, Matt, wherever you are out there in the atmosphere. This was episode 44. We'll see you all next week.